Hey, it's your boy Chubb Rock, man, and you are tuned into the Sugar Hill Gang podcast. You know Sugar Hill Gang. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, everybody? This is the Sugar Hill Gang podcast, and you are definitely being entertained and invited to come on down with, of course, myself, the Master G, and I'm joined by my peoples, my family, my brothers, my my soldiers in the in the, in the game. Uh, say what up, T Dynasty? What's up, T Dynasty? What's up, Tiny T Dynasty? <laughs> and my boy, my man, my pots and pans, the dig diggy, hand diggity. What up, dig? Wakanda forever, baby. Wakanda forever. Yes, I understand that. And today, today, uh, today, uh, today uh, 1990, have- 1990, hey. Chuck Rock's on the scene with sure. ladies and gentlemen. The what? Chuck Rock himself, Chuck Rock, Chuck Rock, Chuck yeah. Rock Chuck, in the Chuck, building. Chuck. Hey, guys, what's going on? What up, Chuck? How you, man? Man, we here, man. We here. No doubt. We definitely here, man. We definitely here, man. We are so honored. We are so privileged. And we are so thankful. And let me put it out here uh, just to make sure everybody knows. You know, we've been around each other for decades. We've seen each other. We've been in the same space. We've, you know, moved through the same air. We've, you know, shared the same stage. Uh, You know, we've been through, you know, similar dramas. So Chubb is, 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 a, is a true person that I consider a friend. Uh, I always admire him. Absolutely. I think he's a, <clears throat> an outstanding man and uh, a, a, a phenomenal performer. So thanks, Chubb, for coming on man, and, and hanging out with us uh, uh, on the podcast. How are you, brother? What's going on? Anytime, man. Anytime. We're out here trying to dodge the evils, man. Yeah. Trying to dodge the evils that's out here, unfortunately. And um, we got yeah. 28 days until the election. Yeah. Preparing yeah. for that. Trying yes, to get people man. to understand that their vote counts and, you know, push that narrative so they can get to the polls with all these tricks going on. Yeah, and, you know, yeah, we're just ready, man. We're ready to try to take this thing by storm. Yes. So, Chubb, okay, while while we got you and we do this with everybody that comes on the show, tell us your Rapper's Delight story. Tell us your, you know, your first experience of, you know, when you heard it or, you know, whatever, whatever your reality uh, for the song or us was about. Well, where, where were you? What was that? Talk to us about that. We well, I've said it. I've said it in many interviews, man. It was my sixth grade prom song. That that was the only song we played. My teacher <laughs> was uh, Mr. Epstein. He gave us a, I think maybe a two-hour prom. PS 198 in Brooklyn, right there on uh, on um, Farragut Road. And mm. uh, we had a two-hour prom, and we only brought two records. That's all we had was two records. We had <laughs> Rapper's Delight, <laughs> um, and then we had um, Super Rapper. Oh, wow, and yeah. So all we did was play <laughs> from back to back, you know, because Rapper's Delight at that time, we had the long Just version. See. Right. It was about nine minutes. minutes long. Yeah. And that, for two hours, we played two records. <laughs> and uh, and everybody and loved it. <laughs> I don't even think, I don't even think Mr. Epstein really understood what was getting played. Um, he just knew that we never stopped dancing. And, you know, 
for us, it was like, wow, like, what is this? Like, what do you call this? And, and this is obviously something different from R&B. And this is something different from, you know, the rock boys and the pop boys. And this is something different. This ain't the right. Jackson five. This ain't the silvers and like that. All of a sudden it's this, this new phenomenon, man. And so I know exactly where I was, man. I'm telling you, we bought the record at a flea market called the Glenwood Flea Market, which was about a block away on Glenwood Avenue, right around the corner from the Entenmann's Warehouse. Wow. And that's what we boy. bought. Yeah, that's what we bought the record. That's in we the hook, the record. Huh? That was in the hook, wasn't it? No, 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 no. That was right in Flatbush, Brooklyn. Oh, right in Flatbush? Okay. Yeah, Flatbush, Brooklyn. And that was it, man. I know exactly where I was when that record played. I remember exactly where I was when I first seen the video of it. You know, <laughs> there was a there was a TV show in New York at the time called Hot Tracks, mm -hmm. and the only rap everything I've ever seen on there played was the Sugar Hill Gang video. Um, did you rocking you guys rocking at like some no, like a, at a disco. party with a disco ball up there and all that? Yeah, so practically disco. Yeah, Jersey. that was just, yeah, there's you guys. And then a little bit later, then I would see a video of like Run DMC or Fat Boys and stuff yeah. like that. But it was always, it was always, it was always it was you know, always, Sugar Hill Gang. Sugar Hill Gang. Wow. So, 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 so okay. So Where, how did you get, what, what inspired you? Because, uh, of course, you know, we do homework on everybody. You let me get this right, and I want to make sure I say this right. You were you were in you were in college studying pre. You were pre med. You were pre med student in college. My, well, but I wanted it was more of an advanced sciences, but uh, I wanted to be a doctor. Wow. And but that went along simultaneously with loving hip hop. Okay. And and then it was like a tug of war, right? So you have you have School pulling you this way, mm -hmm. music right. pulling you that way, right? And we were all in school. Like the if, if you ever watched the Soul Train, the Soul Train episode of my show when I went on Soul Train with Don Cornelius, mm -hmm. he went through all of us, and because he was shocked that we had to go home, like we couldn't spend the night, we couldn't do anything. Like when we did that show, we had to all go home because we was all still in school. So I was in school, <laughs> hot dog was in school, swinger was in school, everybody was still in college. Wow. And we had to just like ask our parents, can we just take this little trip real quick? To Cali, right. To go to California. And from the time we were there, we were all trying to get on as quick as we can so we can get back. And wow. Don Cornelius, Don Cornelius was like, What's the Russian? What's this? And we was like, Sir, we got to go back to school. And he couldn't believe it. He was like, nah, you guys are in school. And we had to show him my school IDs and say, yo, man, I'm in school. My dog is in school. Swing is in school. Everybody's in school. It's like, hey, you got Caribbean parents. And if we don't get back to school, there's going to be a lot of problems. Yeah, we were all in school, man. We were all, I, I wanted to be a doctor. Swinger wanted to be an engineer. Dog wanted to be a teacher. Um, Sw uh, Swanee was wanted to be an engineer. 
So, I mean, we all just had these thoughts, you know, when you're in the Caribbean community, that is like number one. Right. And then, you know, music started to kind of develop and we were fans starting from the Sugar Hill Gang records and then Fat Boys in Brooklyn. And when we see the Fat Boys get in there, we was like, wait, these are guys like us. Yeah, right. You know, right. They're, they're from up the street up here. And how can we do this? And then my cousin Howie T got into music because yeah. he had a group called CD3. Right. They had a record called Get Tough. And once he started taking off and then he started working with UTFO and, and uh, Full Force. And then while I was in school, I would get a couple of dollars to like write things and write hooks or whatever for different people. Mm -hmm. And then he was like, yo, the label wants you to do, do something. And Doc Ice from UTFO was like, yo, they want you to do something. Let's get this record together. And I was like, cool. So we kind of had to do that on the weekends. And then we got the record deal. And again, it was this tug of war. Right. And then, you know, it took a while to really get something going on the right. record side, because our first record really didn't do well in the right. New York area. It did well like in Ohio. And that's when I knew that there was a different place for hip hop because it got right. it done well in Ohio and St. Louis. And right. that's how I got to meet NWA because we opened for NWA. And then I would go back to Brooklyn and tell them, yo, man, there's these guys from California killing it over here. And they would be like, what are you talking about, man? We never heard of whoever you're talking about. You know, so right. Well, you know, how, how, how do you how did you get the name Chub Rock? It was a friend of mine, uh, Kango Kid from UTFO. His cousin. Shout out to Kango. Kango, shout, shout out to my boy. Yeah, Kango Kid, who again was a legend in our area, in the Flatbush area, and the Flatbush area is a Caribbean area, and he's from Haiti, and our family's from Jamaica, and you know we got all this Caribbean people here. His cousin was a guy named Stan Stan Desire. And that was one of my close friends still to this day. And he gave me that name. Um, he gave me that name. Because I had a terrible name before that. It was uh, Gemini Rich. Oh, boy. Thank God. <laughs> Gemini Rich. Thank you. And, <laughs> things didn't need to happen. And, and he, he looked at me one day and he was like, nah, nah, nah. I don't like that name. I don't like that name. You're going to be Chub Rock. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, you know, that came down with, again, because that neighborhood is so small, everybody kind of helped each other. Like, Tango. Are you there? Um, okay, you're good. Yeah. Tango, Tango and Howie produced a group called Whistle. Mm -hmm. That yeah. had that record, Just Bug It. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Howie and Doc Ice came together to put me out. You okay. know, Howie how how got together. You talking about the hitman. Okay, okay. Yeah, him and Howie T. And then right, Howie, right, right. Howie put on um, Special Ed. Right, he did right. Special Ed. Oh, my God. I love that song. Yeah, me and Howie put together and a group called ESP. And then me and one of the guys from ESP and how we put out another MC in our neighborhood called Little Sean. Um, that's your cousin, right? Howie, is that your cousin?
cousin? Yeah, yeah. It's my first yeah. cousin. Yeah, okay. That's so, again, we all looked out for each other. Like, because, again, it's a small neighborhood. Yeah. You know, so a lot of it started in Howie's basement, my basement. <laughs> and, and we all just kind of, yeah, we all just kind of helped each other with records because everybody was on a time limit, right? Everybody was on a time limit as far as your parents giving you enough time to really see if this is going to do anything before you had to go right. back to what life would should have been. We're going to give you a certain period of time. Because Howie, Howie was like electrical technician. He went to school for that. He can fix drum machine. He can fix anything. Yeah. You know, and but his love, again, even though he went to school for all of that, his love was still music. And then he, he you know, we didn't really want to be job people. We wanted right. to be entrepreneurs and stuff like right. that. And then I had friends that continued and became doctors and they would come to my shows and they would tell people, yo, he was Trump went to school with us and he was smarter <laughs> than me or this, this, this. But he wanted to do music and we supported him doing music and they did. They were like, yo, Rich, if you really want to do it, go and try it. And, and luckily yeah. for me, my mom, as a Caribbean woman, when she came to America, she had an opportunity to go to California, get into acting, and she didn't do it. She said, okay, no, nah, I can't do that. I'm gonna finish school, and then I'm gonna have my baby, which was me, and this and that. Mm. And she went that route, and she always said to herself, man, I wonder what would have happened. All so right. when I wanted to do my thing, she didn't want me to have one of those, I wonder. You right, know, right. so Definitely. she says, go and try that because school ain't going nowhere. If it doesn't happen, you just go you back. Can, right. And, but go you back. but you won't have those regrets. Like I, and I never right. knew she had those regrets because I'm like, oh, I just thought you didn't want to, you didn't want to pursue it. And then you didn't want to pursue it. I didn't think that it was something yeah. that stayed on your mind for decades, you know, so she didn't want me to have that kind of scenario. So she was like, yo, go try it. And then she was always the biggest supporter because when I wanted to come up with an idea, she she paid the press it. Um, wow. Press it. When I did a guy named, I did a, a song for a guy named Izzy Ice from the neighborhood. She was like, nah, just go and find out how you press the record and run around and try to give it to the DJs and right. gave it to Red Alert and, you know, you know, so we kind of did our thing on our own before the labels really came calling and stuff. And that's because she funded it because she just she wanted to. She believed in you. Like, she believed in you. Yeah, she totally yeah, believed in you. Yeah, go. You know, they nothing like they not like a mom, yo. That's like what I was going to say. I was going to say it's yeah. it's incredible when you start yeah. getting into the the history of people, uh, yeah. how significant. The, you know, because most of us, you know, I, I, I don't know if you, you have both your parents coming up. You have both your parents, Chuck? Yeah. Or was just, okay, well, in, in that situation, but a lot of us had, you know, uh, the, the main person was the mom, you know, and, and in a lot of situations, even in even a dual parent situation, the mother yeah. always seemed to be like the the, the support. The father, let's say, or the, the, the male figure was kind of like the person that you either emulated or you didn't emulate, but the mother was the one that gave you the energy she gave you, she had the spirit. She had the, she had the, uh, you know, like my mother. My mother was extremely, you know, instrumental in me, you know, pursuing what I wanted to do. You know, she never like your mom. She was always behind 
you know, going with it, you know, yeah, man, go for it. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. you know, uh, uh, it, it, what's the worst that can happen? You know what I mean? You know, you know, rather, rather to do it and, 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 and know that you did it than to never have the experience of doing it. And like you said, man, live that regret, man. Uh, 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 when, when my dad was, when, my dad was very supportive too. He was, he was very supportive, but again, he wasn't as Americanized as my mother. So he really didn't understand the music that vibe he just kind of said okay my son is into this so whatever you need from me you know but he didn't understand it as much as my mother did because she had a little bit more she was a little more americanized you know right. my father right. was more straight jamaican kind of vibe so he didn't understand it but he was like hey if this is what's making you smile and you like this and you see I'm getting up early in the morning. I'm I'm working at it. I'm working at it. I'm working at it. Then he's like, "Okay, well, whatever you need, just let me know." And and he believed in anything that was positive, right? So he was like, "Hey, man, it's yeah, positive. positive stuff." And then luckily, the other rappers from that neighborhood, the UTFOs and Fat Boy, these are all good guys and great guys, mm -hmm. and they were, you know, very mannerable and everything. And right. he just he liked that. He was just like, "Man, these are young guys trying to do something." And well, so, so uh, you know, uh, he he was very supportive as well. That's positive, yeah, uh, extremely positive. Yeah, beautiful thing yeah. to hear, man. Really. Yeah, and and also too, man. Uh, t tell me a little, bit, tell us a little bit about you know how the track masters became the track masters after you know working with you being in the studio and stuff like that. Because you know, track track masters are world known as you know being some of the best producers that ever produced you know in the, in the music industry. Man, what happened was um, I went to go do a show with um, Guru, with Gangstar, rest in peace, Guru, mm -hmm. and with Finesse Sequence um, group on Uptown Records. Um, they had a song called Soul Sister. Mm -hmm. And we went and did a show together. We all was on the same bus. Because again, we're all from this area in Brooklyn so we had no egos. We was like, hey, man, we could save money going on this one bus because we were going to Philly. We was going to Philly. No, we were going to D.C. to do the show, then Philly to do the show. Then we did a show in Newark, and then we came back to Brooklyn. So we all went on this bus for the weekend, and we did those shows. And when we was on the bus, Finesse Quince, they came to me, and they said, yo, Rich, we're trying to get an album with Uptown with Andre and we need to do some demos. You know, is there any way you could write a couple of songs for us? So I said, sure. I said, no problem. And she said, well, I got a friend of mine who's trying to get his name out there as a producer. He makes his beats and stuff. Maybe you can maybe meet him and maybe you guys can come up with something, you know, for the song, for the demos for Andre. So I said, cool, no problem. So when she gave me the address, I said, wait a second, I know this block because my closest friend in the world, he lives on this block, right? Which is mm -hmm. Rob Swinger. So, and you guys met Rob Swinger, he DJs for me. Yeah, right. absolutely. So, so when I get on the block and I met Tone, which was Red Hot Lover Tone, and him and Sequence, they went to school together. So, you know, straight again, Brooklyn, this, this little area here and then he brought me to Alice Richburg's house right on that block. And we're talking about music. And I brought a couple of ideas with me. And, and then Frankie came. And 
So it was like these group of guys that were friends, but they didn't really have this name yet. They, there was no name to it yet. It was just right. a couple of guys. Right. And and then, so I wrote a couple of songs for Vanessa Quince, and Sequence took it up to Andre to um, see if he would go for the album. And he said, yo, well, let me meet the people that was involved. And so he asked me to come up there and Frankie came. I think it was me and Frankie. I think it was just me and Frankie and Polka went up there. I can't, I can't, I can't remember. I think it was on, and Swinger. I think it was only the four of us that went up there. And Andre was like, yo, Chubb, so I want you just to write the whole album. Mm. So I said, oh, okay, cool. And he said, so I got all kinds of producers. Just tell me what producers you want. We, you know, we got the whole crew here, you know, because he had everybody, Pete Rock and right. the, the great Eddie F. And I mean, he right. had access to, to everybody. So he had Teddy Riley up there. You know? yeah. and, oh, right, right. And so I... But I was like, yo, man, I like working with these cats because uh, they're from my neighborhood and we kind of just gel with each other. There's no egos. I bring ideas, they bring ideas, and we just kind of get it done. Let's just, th just give us a shot to knock out the album. And he was like, cool. I got X amount of dollars. I don't have no big budget. I learned from Howie. We never went to big studios. We did everything right. in the crib. Right. right. So... We were like, nah, we don't mind, man. And then all of a sudden we had a conversation. What are we going to call this? And then and I think it was Pope that might have came up with the name and said, yo, let's call it Trackmasters, man. And blah, blah, blah. Okay. So we said, cool, let's, let's go with that. So we did the Vanessa Quince album, which was pretty, pretty legendary because on that album, I met a young lady at Chung King hmm. who, was the sec who was the receptionist at Chung King. And every time hmm. I would come up there, to work on Vanessa Quince, she's always writing. And I'm like, what are, you, what are you always writing in your book? And she said, oh, rhymes. I said, oh, I, th I thought you were just a receptionist. I didn't know you rhyme. I said, I said spit something for me. Right. And she did, and I was like, oh no, come on, let's go. And she was like, where am I going? I said, I'm putting you on this album, this Vanessa Quince album. And that was um, Lady wow. of Rage. What? what? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Uh, that's how we met a uh, lady of rage. So I put her on the Vanessa Quince album, put her on the Treat 'Em Right album. Yeah, right. people might not know that she's on the Treat 'Em Right album uh, with a song that I did with MC Searching Them, and so that's how the track wow. master thing started. So then we did that project. Then we went and did wow. the Real Roxanne project because I wrote right. that album. Yo, then, wow! I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, because yeah. wow. I came in. I came in mainly as a writer on the L to make a couple of little dollars for school. You know what I'm saying? Right. So my whole, my whole thought process for me was I was going to just play the back. I got you. Know, you. I was just right. going to play the back. But then, you know, like I said, Howie and Doc Ice kind of brought they me more to you, the front. Right. They made you, they kind of promoted you to go ahead and do the Treat and Right joint? But, right. To do, to do my career as, a, as an right. artist myself instead of just writing because Right. Like I said, I was cool with just writing. I, I was cool in the back, just make a couple of dollars, and and no one don't even have to know I was even involved. But then, right. when the Trackmaster thing came, and like I said, we did, we did, Finesse Quince was first. That was the birth of it because of those mm -hmm. ladies. Mm -hmm. And then it was we did the Real Roxanne project, and then <laughs> we did Tones album, 
Then we did the A Team album. Then then we did the Treat Em Right album. Um, wow. Like the second part of Treat Em Right album, because how we did the first part of Treat Em Right, right. the Treat Em Right album. And then we went on and did, um, man, there were so many projects. I can't even remember the names at this point, but we didn't. So, so, then, so, so wait a minute. So, so you, you, you have a, a, a pretty heavy catalog of stuff that you, that you have out here, man. Yeah, man. It's pretty serious. As a, as a, as a, as a writer. As a writer. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. As a writer. Wow. Man, you know, cause with my stuff, I've, I got five albums that I did with Select. But again, on the writing side, there's all these other records. Right. Yeah. That's you know, what I'm saying. Yeah. And then at that point, then I met Albie Shaw. And that took it to a different level because Al got me involved with writing songs and writing stuff with him for his albums. And then we did Tevin Campbell. And then we did Boys in the Hood Ooh. soundtrack stuff. He just killed him. Part of that. He killed him. Yeah. Things you so don't that, know. Message. So that was like on the on the side. Just like Al, like Al be sure. People don't realize that he wrote all the big records for Jodeci. Forever My Lady, you know, that's all Al's yeah. records. Al right. wrote that? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Forever My yeah. Lady. Forever yeah. My it was Lady. It's Al, Al and Devante, yeah. right? Yeah. No, no. Sure. Forever My Lady yeah. was only Al. Al wrote that Only album. Al, Devante? He, oh, he just did, yeah. okay. Yeah, wow. I didn't know I, that. Al wrote, Al wrote that song for Kim Porter, who passed away, unfortunately. Yeah. He Puffy, wrote that Puffy's, with Puffy's, uh, Puffy's, uh, uh, um, she had the babies with Puffy, right. yeah. But her first, her first child was with Al B. Shaw, with, with that's, Al, right? That's, that's that right, that's right, right? That's and, right, you're right. And he wrote, he wrote that song for her. So, wow. Forever My Lady was written by Al. Uh, Al wrote all kinds of records on Uptown yeah, Records man. when it came to, yeah, yeah man. I, I, but I, I, cool. I, he was cool with that too, man. Because remember, right. he's. He's right. Caribbean too. He he didn't mind playing right. in the back. Right, right. You know, he, he, his there's a lot to be never, said about that, man. There's a lot to yeah, be said his, about his what plan, you keep saying. Yeah, his plan was never to be in the front. His plan was always to be in the back. In the back. Writing right. song. Mm-hmm. Him and Kyle West was mm-hmm. in the right. When we did Tevin Campbell. Quincy, Quincy, Quincy pushed him out there, right? Quincy made him get out front. Yeah. It was Quincy yeah. and and Harrell that said, no, 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 no. You need to be out there in front. And I was like, no, I'm cool back here. I, I, I'll write <laughs> right, song. Right, right, you know right, what I'm saying? Right, right, right. So, you know, again, Incredible. people that write music and write so they, they don't run around with billboards on them. Right. Hey, I wrote that. I wrote this. I wrote yeah. that. I wrote that. Right. You know, right. We, right. Exactly. We, we exactly. don't. We don't do. Yeah, we don't do stuff like that. So, but again, we just wanted to try to get our music out there. You know, and but people you, to you see know, that we can make music. But the thing now, see, now, and that's what I, and the reason why I wanted to really touch on that is because you know, I know, like I said, we know you well. I've known you for a long time, man. And you know, there's certain amount of people that are thirsty for the limelight. There are certain people that move in that rhythm, and there's nothing wrong with that. That if that's your reality, you know, that's fine. But there's a certain something that goes with a cat like you, man. Uh, that you know you, you you share that limelight, but 
it's it's not your existence. You know what I'm saying? It, 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 it's 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 a it's a part of the deal, but it's not your deal. You, you follow what I mean by that? Yeah, I, I mean for me, man, I always I I'm happiest if you just put me in a room with a couple right. of good musicians, right? And we came up with some songs. Right. And some brilliant person goes and performs those songs. Right, exactly. You, you, right. you know what I'm saying? Right. And right. and I've always felt that way for myself. I know Howie always felt that way. I mean, I want to sex you up, um, color me bad. Howie produced that record. Wow. Yeah. And See. and most people don't even know it because he's not I didn't know again, that. he's not running around with a billboard. I knew saying, yep, yep. Right. Oh, let me tell you about all the records that I produce. He, you know, he did records with Naughty by Nature, he did records for Heavy D, he did records for all kinds of people. You know what I'm saying? We did records, me and Howie did a record for Kashif. What? A record called Personality. Oh, man, I loved him. I loved Kashif. He was amazing, man. He was amazing. Kashif lived in Kashif lived in Brooklyn. So wow. when Brooklyn he was working, when he was working. <laughs> When he was working on his album, this is because he's the man at this point. He did Whitney right. Houston and, right. and stuff right. like that. So he wanted a little bit more of a of a, a little a little bit of a hip hop flavor. And he called me and Howie and he said, "Yo, I got this record, and I I, I I'm just not getting it. I'm, I'm I'm not getting it." And we were like, "Yo, right. man, give us a little chance to attack that record." Mm -hmm. And we went to his brownstone. He was the only black man that even lived in Brooklyn Heights that I've ever seen. And he had the most beautiful studio in there. And he was just like, do whatever you want. <laughs> and we was like, cool, we're going to try whatever. And then you're thinking, wait a second, this is Kashif. right. And, <laughs> but he, he, he really gave us an opportunity to change up his record and loved it. And he put it out on his album and, and, and and we had a chance to do a record with him. And he was the one that got us to do the Sinbad record, because we did a song for Sinbad back when they used to have comedy albums. Right. Right. And, and Sinbad wanted a song on his comedy album. So he gave us an opportunity. Kashif hooked us up for that album and mm. was able to knock knock that out. And then the Quincy Jones he stuff the back on the block stuff for Quincy yeah, and, yeah. and all that stuff. But, you know, again, we, amazing, we were just happy to be in a basement trying to work on some music. No, amazing. No, hey, no. And this is, I want to, I want to tell you one of my, one of my favorite uh, collaborations and uh, I love is the thing you did with Eero. The thing that you did with Eero was incredible, man. That, that Eric Robeson. Robeson joint. Oh my God. Yeah. The some the summertime anthem. Oh my God, man. We got, a, we got, we got another, two records together now that we're going to be mixing now and try and put it back out there too. Cause Eric Rose like us, he's, he's independent. Another one. Yeah. Yeah. He's that independent. Magnificent. And he, he runs all his own stuff. He, yeah. he doesn't, he's not an ego guy. Just, yeah. Girl, I, I've, I met, just, I've met him many times, man. He's a, another brother, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. Great guy. Yeah. And then yeah. we just did a song with Jeff. We did a song with Jeff Bradshaw. Oh, um, that dog got deep. That, that's a bone playing fool, man. Yeah, yeah. That's a bone playing fool. We did I a song with him the last time. We did a song with him that he's just about to throw out now with me, him, and Jazzy Jeff. Mm. Um, it's a great record, and and and, and, I, and that's why I, I, I don't believe in artists 
thinking that we are supposed to have some kind of expiration date right. of when you can't make music no more. I, I think that's ridiculous. You know, I know. I think it's ridiculous because you you go to these young girls, SZA and LMA and these beautiful, incredible singers, but they know if Patti LaBelle walk on stage with them. It's, yeah, yeah, um, they bow down. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So yeah. I, I don't see why they would think that hip hop is is anything different, man. It, it, it's, it's not a perishable skill, you know. No. It's like if if you love it, <laughs> you, and got you, it always, you got it. Yeah, you keep doing it. So yeah, I get a little upset when a lot of the brethren won't continue to make that music, you know, mm -hmm. especially because I'm fans of theirs. I want to hear that music. I want to hear them do their music because right. even now with the young boys. Racism is racism is even stronger now. Yes. And Corona, and, but no one is time stamping on music. What's going on? Hip hop always time stamped. You always knew the era and what happened with a record when you listen to a hip hop song back in the day. Yeah. So if the young boys won't time stamp what's going on now, why can't the why can't the legends go and timestamp it? I don't, you know, I don't get the reason why not. I mean, music is music. Right. We got to come together on that. That's a good point, though. You got to put, right. I mean, that's probably one of the, one of the most profound right. points made that, you know, there is nothing that has a, a, a kind of a, a, a documented musically the times that we're living in right now because there's so much other stuff going on with the younger yeah. cats, you know, and, and yeah. where their vision is for, you know, the music. Uh, I think yeah. that you know there might be there might be something in that, uh, sir, Mister Richard, sir, sir. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there might be they, something I mean, in there, man. We would need to do that, man, because I, yeah, again, man. it's just I, it's just music, man. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, and, I'm not opposed have, to it. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, it's all good. I was gonna say, and Chuck, I, I have to commend you because it haven't been one time, man, since we we we've been knowing each other that. Every time we got together, you haven't told me, yo, Hen, you still working on your music? You yeah. still you still you still producing? You still working on your music? You, you, you've gotten on me that every time you, you you gotten on me about it. Because you always you know? was brilliant with your music. And yeah. how we met was because of music. Because and I'm like, okay, I always know this guy for doing his music. And, mm -hmm. you know, there's no time when you're not supposed to do your music, man. Like, you know, mm -hmm. it's funny. I want to I want to do an album. I want to do an album with some brothers, but I want it to be a different kind of album. I want to do an album in which if we do an album, a song, I want us to do that song with the materials you had when you first started. See, see. Oh, like real to real in the whole nine yards. You talking about whatever it was that editing, you used with the with the edit with the editing with the tape and all of that. You talking about doing everything. like that? Everything in in the because studio in the in, in in the studio with the, with everybody in the studio when that whole setup. Everything that you used to make oh your original records. Because here's the That'd thing: be incredible. It isn't about it isn't all about whether or not lightning can strike twice. But it's a, it's more of a historic piece, right? So mm. it, it's it's music too, fine. Music, you can dance, then, but mm. it's a historic piece, right? So it's almost like, and and I I really take this to heart. So when you when they talk about the Beatles, right? Mm -hmm. Right. When they talk about the Beatles, 
they always talk about the studio that they used, which is called Abbey Road. Abbey, Abbey Road. Road, yeah. Yeah. They make software to, to, to emulate. They make software dedicated to this studio. Yes, yeah. they do. They, they got people that were spending serious amounts of money just to record there mm -hmm. because of these mm -hmm. guys, right? Mm -hmm. You got mm -hmm. Daryl Hall from Hall & Oates yeah. who had his studio filled with old DBX compressors and then you can go to his house and jam with him. Yeah. Right? One of my favorites is with him and the OJs and stuff. That yeah, I saw dope. that. That was dope. I saw that. So I'm trying to figure out how come we can't have that? Why can't we have that? When we get together and we say, well, okay, me and the Sugar Hill are going to do a song. I came in the game because of them. We're going to go down memory lane while we're making the song and, and get that same sound of what they were using. And then so Master G says, yo, Rich, well, we used this four track reel to reel back then. I don't know if that's what's gonna really rock now. Brother, if it rocked and sold 30 million records on that record and that record still yeah. booms now, why can't we just go and do the same thing? So I'm a hoarder, by the way. I'm a, I'm a hoarder. I so see my that. Wife, my wife, I, 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 will, my wife will tell you that she has monumental problems. But here's the thing. <laughs> When I used to make my demos, we used to make them on this thing here. Wow. Oh, damn. So Porter Studio joint. So you 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 put your 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 two cassettes here. So right. the first cassette is a six track. Right. And then you mixed it to this cassette. Wow. Oh my God. That's amazing. Tell me, and, and, and it's still in working mint condition, still working? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ice Cube is Ice Cube started with this. I got three of them. Wow! Wow! That's like, Yo, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I told Howie, I said, "Listen, man, we need to do a record when we go back to what we originally used. Like when we did Treat 'Em Right, our sampler for Treat 'Em Right wasn't no S nine fifty and some some extreme piece of machinery. I mean, we didn't have money." <laughs> be spending money like that. Our sample for Treat 'em Right was this. Oh, oh my that. God! Electroharmonics. It sampled That's exactly crazy. three seconds. So <laughs> you had to you had to speed Loop the song up. up real fast to get that sample on there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So amazing, you know, man. When we did the Trackmaster stuff. Most of our records on the board side was done with this Tascam right here. Oh wow, oh, Tascam diamond! You and I even I just that. threw that away. That's Rob's. That's the one that, that just that one just went in the trash. Now yeah. I know what a Tascam is. Wow. So at the end of the day, oh, treat them right. The baseline was mm -hmm. played really from a boombox keyboard. Oh, what? look at that. A boombox keyboard. I don't even remember that one. That's, I mean, I, that's the first time I've ever seen anything like that. That's incredible. Yeah. A lot of the Caribbean cats used to use that keyboard to play those deep, very deep yeah. Caribbean bass lines. So, okay. you know, my thing is technology, of course, they got software and they got all this other kind of stuff. You can mix your record mm -hmm. in your room. But at mm -hmm. the end of the day, you could you could still do that now 
And I just think there's a percentage of people that want to know what was the magic behind Rapper's Delight. Because let me tell you, yeah. it's not an easy thing for a song to last 40 years. Oh, uh, hello. <laughs> right? It's not an easy thing. Yes, the Beatles got songs lasting 60 years and all these other kind of records. But when you're dealing with hip hop, to have songs that last 40 years is not some easy thing. So people will probably want to know, so what was the magic on that song? Like what, what exactly was the magic of that song? Whether it was That's a good the real, the real, or did you guys use one of them Soundcraft boards? Bro, that and... was there was in a there was in a that was that was major studio for uh, 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 six. That was uh, sixteen tracks, 16, sixteen sixteen tracks, sixteen the big board, right? Diamond two inch two inch tracks. reels, right? Old boards, old studio. This yeah. was Sugar Hill Sound where they recorded the moments at Chubb. Yeah, same right. place that moments cut. Same all that doo wop stuff, all that uh, R and B yeah. stuff. We cut we cut Rabbit's Delight in that same studio. Right. And, yeah, but and, we can... and, just, and just to prove your point, when it was time to update, uh, you know, to put a new board in, it was a big debate down at the studio because uh, some, half of us uh, didn't want to get rid of the board because so many board hits. Is a personality. And, and, and you know, it, it, it was a personality, a certain persona. It was so many hits done on the board that they didn't want yeah. to bring a new one. And 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 but it wasn't a, a it wasn't a, a, a SSL. It was a. I want to say what I, I, I want to say it was a Trident. Yeah, I don't know what it yeah. was. I can't. I, I wasn't. I wasn't. It was a, tri a Trident series A B. Trident is a legendary board. Yes, Trident sir. Is a legendary board. And it wasn't so these, automated or nothing. I believe it was right. a Trident. It's like when I had this conversation with Charlie Wilson not too long ago, oh, and he talked Charlie. about. And he was talking about how back then- They recorded at that, on that board. You had to do the song from the beginning to the end. There ain't right. no punch-ins. Right. Mm -mm. There ain't no, oh, yeah. I, could do the, I could do the hook and then you can right. repeat it. Right. You know, no. it's a different kind of recording. And, and you know, it's almost I'd like- I'd love to if, do a project like that. Yeah, because even Drake found it like that. You know, Canadians have that kind of history when he did that song, Marvin's Room, mm. right? He wanted to try to channel an inspiration from a Marvin Gaye, mm -hmm. you know, oh. let me go back to Hitsville and just walk in the room and see if I can get right. <laughs> the spirit of him into me to come up with a song. But, you know, everybody wants to be able to go into a time and say, how was it that you made this record? Mm -hmm. You know, what What exactly were the ingredients? Because if I can get those ingredients, can I still make that same feel-good record with that mm -hmm. ingredient? It's the reason why DJ Premier refused to do songs without that board that was at D&D Studios to the point where he had to buy the board because he knew that all his hits came from this board. Wow. You know what I'm saying? I remember, I remember going to Paisley Park we had a show in the '90s in Minneapolis. This is how this is how ignorant we were back in them days. We go we go to the um we go to Minneapolis and this guy picks us up and he says, "Oh, I'm taking you guys to Prince's house." And we're like, "Prince who?" 
Oh. And he's like, this thing of prints. And I'm like, purple one. I'm like, you're taking us to his? You're taking us to his? How is that possible? Like, right, what's, right. what's going on with that? And he was like, no, he wants you to come to his house. I said, he wants me to come to his house? He was like, no, he wants you to come to his house. So we go to his house. This is us and me and the track masters. Because Pokey was DJing and Swinger and everybody. So we're in this white van going way out into the, the boondocks of Minneapolis to this big white house. And we get in there. And the guy said, yo, Chubb, Prince wants you to check these studios out and see what you think. So we go and we check out his rooms. Right? We check out his studio rooms and we're like, yo, this is incredible. He got, I never even seen this thing. He had a Harrison board in one of them. Woo! And I'm like, I'm like, what kind of stuff is this? This is ridiculous. He had a room for the drum machines. And I'm like, this guy got every drum machine on the planet. <laughs> then we go into this other room. And this room is like the ghetto room. It's like some old equipment and stuff look like it's being broken down and this and that. I'm like, what kind of room is this? And he said, well, let me tell you what happened, man. He paid Phil Collins to create all three of these rooms. But he didn't like the last room. So he took everything out. He donated it to a school in Minneapolis, music wow. school. And he brought the stuff from out of his crib, his personal house that he grew up in. He brought that stuff Prince? into that room. Prince brought the stuff from his house? His stuff so the stuff that, that was room. in that room that was tore up? Tore up. That was the stuff that he grew up using. And wow. the funny stuff was, I was like, yo, so who uses this room? He said he uses it. Because that's where he makes his records. I said, he makes his records in this room instead of these <laughs> other rooms? And he was like, <laughs> he makes his stuff in that room. Because that's where the magic oh, for him is. Later right. on, because the story gets real funny because after like two hours after us playing with everything in there, we're like, yo, my man, where is he? Like, we've been here for <laughs> hours. Is he going to like descend from the sky or whatever? Like, wh what's going on? Oh, he's in England. And I'm like, oh. England? <laughs> what? So I'm like, why the hell are we here? And he was like, he knows that you guys are producers and product he wanted y'all to see the rooms. And I'm wow. like, but he, we, don't, we, we can't even say nothing to him, he ain't here. And I'm like, I don't understand this. I told my mom I'm coming to meet him. <laughs> and it was, we laughed about it years after that, but um, we didn't realize we're so ignorant that the show that we were doing that night was his club. Oh, oh wow. So we're not even thinking like, yo, how did he even know we're coming into town? It's his club. So wow. it wasn't until maybe a year later at Arsenio Hall in the back, because him and Arsenio was real friends, good friends. Yeah. I came to do Arsenio Hall and then I seen him and he, I'm laughing, he's laughing at me because I'm telling Arsenio the story. And I'm like, yo, I told my mom I'm coming to see him and he's rolling. Prince is rolling. And, you know, I'm about to choke him. Um, <laughs> but if we did something like that. I love it where we create, as much as we can, obviously, but yeah. create what that record was or how that record came to be yeah. sonically. Yeah. Just like a, a Rick Rubin record. How did you do Rock yeah. the Bells exactly? Yeah. You know, what did you use? Where were you? 
yeah. you know, when you did that record and, and we do something there. And we, so it's more of an ode to the equipment. I got you. And how we had to manipulate that equipment. Yeah. You know, with it. young guys can manip can can simul simulate it with a plug-in. Right. But for us, right. how did how do we manipulate the equipment to get that desired feel of a record mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. been rocking since 79? Like yeah. rap records expiration date is a is, is a couple of months. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> right. You know, Chubb, if you, you know go to if you go to, to, to Europe and England. A lot of those uh, musicians, I, I took, you know, we've been spending summers in Europe and I spent a lot of time with the musicians that are out there. And these guys, that's what they're predominant. They look for the oldest stuff they can find, that's obscure, and they figure out how to use it. That's why, if you notice, they've gone back to actual pieces of gear, plug-in gear, modular gear, where they're building sound again, whereas... Mm -hmm. You know, look at look at uh, 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 what's my man's name? Uh, well, one of the biggest uh, dance artists. That's all he makes the sound. He, he has to create sound, so he goes. Oh, you talking about the Trevor, the, the guy that Trevor guy? You talking with about the dude with the, with the big mouse head? You know what I'm saying? Oh, oh, uh, oh, Depeche Mode, Depeche Mode. No, no, not Depeche oh, no, Mode. No, no, not the big not mouse. Mode. He comes out oh, in, in the big mouse head. Not that part. Dead mouse. Dead mouse. Dead, dead, mouse, dead mouse, dead mouse, dead mouse. Yeah. This dude creates strictly from sign, from from air, from 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 pink noise, from white noise, and he mm. creates it. He sculpts sound and then uh, uh, gets it to where he needs it to go. The uh, the other artists that you know, a lot of these kids are digging for old stuff. Back in the day, I got rid of a suitcase Fender Rose '88. Right mm. now, that is such a coveted piece of equipment, you know, mm. that you can't you you can't find it for under around two grand. You go That's find amazing. an old MS Korg or something like that, man. Please, you can't find. See what happens no. is we we tend to give away our culture. Mm. We tend to either mm. give it away or say, "Oh, we don't need it anymore. We're going to move to the new joint. Mm. We're going to move to the new joint." But in Asia and, like you said, Europe, mm -hmm. they're like, "No, no, mm -hmm. no, no. We want the mm -hmm. magic of mm -hmm. that record." Yeah, and the only way we can channel that is we're gonna have to go through the same challenges mm -hmm. of those artists that use that equipment, right? Mm -hmm. And had those same challenges, but creatively worked around the limitations right. to and make came that out with it. Yeah, because and, and then head knows yeah. if you have an SP twelve hundred, yeah. SP twelve hundred yeah. only sampled for two and a half seconds, right? So. It is like you could have done a whole four bar loop, five bar, six bar loop with an SP twelve hundred. So you had to find a creative way to get that loop done. You know, yeah. Yeah. I showed you what we did. Treat them right with the sampler with that one button push there. Right. So at right. the end of the day, but if you still have those limitations, because think about guys in jail. Unfortunately, most creative people on the planet. Yeah. Because you've taken away yeah. certain things that people would take for granted. Right. And now they have to create how they're going to do it. Oh, I want to play chess. I'm going to sculpt yeah. the pieces out of soap. Right. I remember watching a documentary. There was a guy using regular scraps in jail and made his own guitars to the wow. point that people, Paul McCartney and a bunch, Eric Clark, 
they were buying his guitars while he's in prison. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So for us as hip hop artists, and you can tell, because I, I listen to those, I listen to a bunch of these pop records. I listen to a bunch of these um, um, EDM records. Right, and they right. want they want to get that same old school hip hop feel. They all want it because mm -hmm. it's all in their records. Mm -hmm. yep. Oh yeah, and they're yeah, wondering, yeah. yo, how do how, how come my thing is not sounding exactly like the Sugar Hill records times and exactly like Curtis Blow or how come we weren't able to get that that warm exact feel? Yeah, that, that same warm, feel. Yeah, of a Grandmaster Flash Furious Five record, or right. But they want they want that style. They yeah. want that style. So, but for us, we give it away. We we sit there and go, no, nah, no, nah, we're moving on to the new joint. We don't right. need we don't need that no more. We're gonna go move on to the new joint. It's like as you think you're moving on to the new joint, people that are winning all the Grammy, they're going back to the old joint. Yeah. Nah. And then yeah, we can be collecting, we, we... they're collecting that stuff, they're collecting the lexicons. And why do you think vinyl is back now? Yes, yeah. sir. People, yeah. Yes, sir. Because yeah. people don't want to hear that kind of overly clean music. I want to hear that Gamble and Huff music. Yeah, just if, if, just if, if, if think about it, it's a software you have. What does it have? A vinyl emulation. Yeah. First, yeah, I don't yeah, want to emulate we, 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 we got to keep, we got to keep it positive. We got to keep it going and, because but we could be here for like hours talking like about this. I'm first of all, let me just say this so we can we can put this out there. Chubb, I'm hundred percent on board. Whatever it is that you want to do, it, you know, we can figure it out. I don't care. Let's make it happen. You make know, it happen. Let's do it. Hey Chubb, uh, 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 and for your collection. What is that? Oh, oh yeah, no. I got one of those. That's, that's what I was talking about. about. Yeah, I got one of those. With the plunger. Yeah. Chubb, Chubb, that's, Chubb, the Chubb. Joint, <laughs> that's the joint. If you sold enough candy in school, you can get that. You go. Yeah. <laughs> really? Wow. I said, yeah, about, you know I had it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Talk, talk about some of the stuff that you do have going on present day, though, real quick before we roll up out of here, because I just want to make sure that, you know, you get all the exposure that you deserve and that, uh, you know, you're entitled to because you're an amazing person. And I, yeah, I think man. so. And I just want to say that. So what you up? I know you got the radio show. Uh, what else you got going on? Man, our main thing is... The syndicated radio show, syndicated morning show, the Trump Rock Show with Five Man Band. Yeah, tell everybody. Yeah, my brother, no doubt. How yeah, many man. markets are you in right now? Right now, with that show, we're in ten markets. Um, we are very excited about the show. Good. Um, Happy for you. Very excited about the show. We got um, my digging in the crate show is in forty markets. Good. And um, the Caribbean syndicated show is in six markets. Um, I do not work for anybody, yeah. you know, I own yeah. the shows and we are just trying to do what we can, even, especially during mm -hmm. the pandemic when, mm -hmm. you know, advertising is down, everything is down. Right. But again, we do the shows also because we love talking to our people, just like how mm -hmm. you guys are doing like the we're podcast. Doing. Exactly. Same thing. People. People love the, you know, you want to talk to your people. You want to see what's going yeah. on out there. You want to yeah. learn from them. Maybe they can learn yeah. from us. Right. And, um, you know, so that's my main thing. And then we still do music, man. My, you know, yeah. Howie just hit me the other day with a song that he want, a, a track that he wanted me to do. I just did that. 
Eric Robeson is on that record. All right. Oh, okay. um, so, I mean, Howie, I guess, is going to start mixing that record now. Sure. Uh, we got the Jeff Bradshaw record coming out. Um, sure. Another sure. Real Shore record. Good. A record Wonderful. with, yeah. a, a record with uh, Christopher Williams coming out. Wow. wow. We had to force him, man. We had to force him. Like, yo, you know you gotta you can't let that voice go to waste, man. You gotta go out there and I, I keep know, doing your man. crap. What's I up? Know. What's up, G? No, I, I you know me about that. You know, I'm I'm all about the entrepreneur thing. Y'all know that. You know what I mean? Uh, of course, you know, during my, my sabbatical away from the music, I, I built businesses in the whole nine yards, and when I came back into the situation with the group, that was the first thing that we were, uh, 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 you know, working to establish our own entity. Um, speak to speak to people, man, because people need to know about ownership, owning your, like you said, you own the show outright, man. T talk to the people about the importance of that, man, because that's super critical, especially for our people. You know what I mean? I mean, you could tell from right now, you know, ownership will always be a roller coaster, right? You're going to have some ups, you're going to have some downs. You'll have some great years, some okay years, bad years, but it's still you. You don't have to worry about it. Oh, I wore the wrong shirt today. I can get fired. Or right. I said something differently in a different tone. And they fired me. You know, this is your destiny that you can create for yourself and for your family and something that you can then hand over. You know, I always got a kick out of watching old TV shows and hearing, you know, the grandfather saying, well, this all belongs to you guys. I'm getting mm -hmm. older now. I'm going to go mm -hmm. and relax now. And you guys split this up and continue the legacy. And that's what we need to always do is to continue those, continue those legacies. You know, yes, of course, you know, the narrative has always been in America. Hey, man, go to school. You get some mm -hmm. kind of profession. Mm -hmm. You go and get yourself a job. Mm -hmm. yeah, obviously that was always the narrative but in a Caribbean culture which is how I was raised our thing was not necessarily education but a skill mm -hmm. you know are you going to learn a skill mm -hmm. you know are you going to learn carpentry masonry right. my grandfather was yeah my grandfather my grandfather's Jamaican my grandmother my grandfather my father's side Jamaican so I know what you're talking about <laughs> and uh, he was a, be carpenter. a mechanic are you, gonna be a Are you going to be a plumber? Yeah. You know, you can go to school. Like, definitely go to school. But in the Caribbean world, you're going to school for self-knowledge. Mm -hmm. Hey, I want to learn about this. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's one thing. But saying that you're going to school for a job were not really the things that went together in a <laughs> Caribbean household. Yeah, you're you know, right. Of course, if you're going for to be a doctor or a lawyer, of course. But right. for the most part, it's all about a skill. So mm -hmm. because a skill, at that point, you invest in yourself and then you have your own business because you have a skill. Right. Like, you have a skill. So if you're a plumber, you <laughs> right. have your own plumbing business because you right. have a skill. Exactly. Right. Look at what's going on now with these companies. They're furloughing everybody. Yep. Right. They're not turning around and saying, okay, CEO. You're making a $35 million bonus. We won't give you a bonus this year because it's a bad year. We'll take that money to pay the workers. They're not thinking that. They're no, furloughing no. the workers, and then this guy keeps his bonus. So right. it doesn't make a difference if you believed in entrepreneurship before. It doesn't make a difference if you believed in it. 
you have no choice now That's because right. the word job won't exist in another year. That's that right. word job won't exist. That's right. This was the experiment right here. Mm. Everybody working from home. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait a second. People are even more creative at home. They're not going to let you back in that building because now they don't have to pay for brick and mortar. Nobody wants to pay for the right. bricks. No. They don't want to pay for brick and mortar. So oh. at the end of the day, if you don't have... All that goes away. Right? All that goes away. So if you don't have your own thought process now on how you're going to be an entrepreneur, you're going to starve to death because the whole thought process of, well, when this is over, I'm just going to go back to my job. Nurses will have a job. Doctors will have a job. Lab technicians will have a job. CNAs will have a job. These are jobs that are definite. (laughs) Okay? They're they're going to definite jobs here. Yep. But all these other things, they ain't going to be no job. You know, (laughs) my son had an issue with his car and he was like, yo, pop, man, I got to take my car to go do this. Yo, my man, go to YouTube University (laughs) and go learn how to fix that maneuver. And you, yeah, you go and fix it and you might not do it perfect that time. But then you start to say, wait a second, but I kind of, I kind of did it. Right. It might not be as neat as a right. as a, a mechanic, and, but I, and, and, and Chubb, the more they do it, the, the, the better they'll get at it. It's what it is, man, because you can't sit up there and depend on you see what's going on with this administration. Yeah. This guy is wilding out talking about he, he doesn't want to sign <laughs> a stimulus out. package and this and that for businesses. Yeah. You see restaurants are closing. Yep. No yeah. one is making any money. You yep. know, and it, it's hurt our business of performance. Oh, I definitely know that. that. Yeah, killer. And let me tell you, it's funny because um, G had asked me what I was doing. Something I really want to try to do, and I'm going to probably need help Say from it. you guys as friends. Without, without, without question. Right. See what without happened. Question. What I found out, I've gotten a couple of offers um, to do some virtual homecomings. Mm-hmm. The problem I see with it is because homecomings now is just a bunch of alumni coming together and saying, hey, man, do you think we could pay Sugar Hill Gang or do you think we yeah, we Chubb to do yeah. a little something some virtually, keep yeah. the spirit of the school going? It ain't going to work. No. What I think should happen is we all get together and do one virtual homecoming. Mm. Homecoming 2020, we do it and all the HBCUs can tap from that virtual where we can mm-hmm. break the internet, mm-hmm. right? With alumni and everything, 10, 12 million people. Mm-hmm. With this one homecoming mm-hmm. that everybody will plug into mm-hmm. and the money made from that homecoming, give it to the students. Mm. Wow. Because they're going to have monumental issues coming up with with paying back for school because in yes. all these stimulus packages they're not yes. talking yeah. about anything about debt relief from college right right so yeah. if we can do something like that yeah for us right yeah. it's the fubu right. it's the fubu method right for us yeah. by us, right? why us right. yes why yes us. man right. if we can do something like that where we get a bunch of the brethren together on the hip hop on the hip hop side, <clears throat> yeah, 
and maybe get a couple of comedians that might want to interject in in between. And we do one homecoming, one. Okay. And the schools tap in. Yeah, I'm good. The money raised to the yeah. students. Totally. To scholarships, to supplies for virtual learning. Yeah. Then we can sit there and go, wow. Mm-hmm. A rapper's delight, an mm-hmm. eighth wonder, mm-hmm. a treat of rhyme with it. Uh, the rhythm, Kwame, these songs, we can say we helped our mm-hmm. students. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah. And for anybody that was a student like I was who ain't have no money, <laughs> okay, we were, we were buying off brand tuna fish, okay, <laughs> then you kind of know the struggle. So yeah. if, if, if we can do something like that as brethren, yeah, then. I think that's what we need to try to Chubb, attempt. Chubb, Chubb, listen Absolutely. to me, listen to me. And, and again, I'm going to say this on, I'm going to say this on record, okay? <coughs> again, you've always been a visionary when, it's, when it comes to so many different things. And you and I know personally, even we've attempted to pull this trigger on a few different things. We just haven't been able to transition it. But at the end of the day, man, you know, I believe in you wholeheartedly and I'm sure you know, the rest of the crew feels the same way. So, you know, it's just a matter of logistics, man. We just got to figure it out. I mean, it's not if we can, you know, it's it's when, 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 when we can. You know what I'm saying? So I'm cool with it. Yeah, we need we need to do that, man. Um, All right. So that's something that's in, that's something that's on my mind to, to do something like that. And the rest of it, man, you know, I just I just want us to be heard more. You know, yeah. I, I, I want the legends to be heard more, man. I want to see more documentaries. Yeah. On on hip hop. You, you know, it's funny. The documentaries on hip hop on Netflix, it always it, it shocks me. It's like you're playing 11th grade trigonometry and you ain't start from addition. Ooh. You can't do trigonometry if you ain't start with addition. You got to start with addition. addition and subtraction, multiplication. You can't get the trigonometry. <laughs> it's so, not going to happen. So how are you doing your, all your different Hip hop kind of things on Netflix, Great and you ain't really start from the beginning. Great, right. talk about so it. that's my problem. Now I don't really know them people over there at Netflix. <laughs> right, talk we about. don't either. <laughs> you right. know, I don't really know them people. But well, to me, you guys, get had, to you guys had your own thing on Netflix, though. You guys we had, had your thing. Well, yeah, but that was that was through RJ. That was through RLJ. That was through uh, Robert Johnson's company. We didn't deal with them directly. That was that was coming through. That was that was through channels. You know what I'm saying? We went. RLJ picked up the the film, and then he made the deal with Netflix and got it on 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 Netflix. We need to go right. direct to Netflix. You know what I'm saying? Yo, we don't have nothing. But we don't have nothing against whatever you've been doing. Right. Like they they had they had a they had a whole. Thing on Netflix about about the fashion of hip hop. I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yo, you missing they a whole all... bunch of people from this. Yeah. Right. It like didn't go nowhere near where we was at. It just did. <laughs> it just did like you know the other stuff, and then the uptown thing, and you know they talked about that, and a couple of the stylists and all. I saw it, y'all. I saw it. And I'm like, I'm like, listen, man. Right. Let's try to. If you're going to tell these stories, yeah. Really, you. Really tell these stories because all these practitioners 
are still on the planet. That's right. Yeah. Which is yeah. which is it, rare. It, it, which is rare it, it, because it, in a form of music, in most forms of music from the from the birth stages, that's not the case. You know, this is right. like one of the very few forms of music that are that that are as, as meteoric as it is that the birth people are still able and tangible and feasible to be able to come in and say, yeah, well, I was absolutely there when it was like you said, when there was nobody to look at and say, I want to be like so-and-so because I was so-and-so. You know what right, I mean? Right, 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 right. <laughs> I'm so-and-so, you know. You know, everybody talking about being like me, you know what I mean? There's not very many people that can sit down and even say that and it be true. You know what I'm saying? So yes, I'm well, with you, brother. You got you got you got the people that can give you that knowledge here. So I, I right. think it's just we're not we're not tapped into the way we should mm -hmm. be tapped into. Mm -hmm especially if you really want to give the full story. It, it, yes, yes, right. yes. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Because I, yeah. I think about I think about stuff like, I'm sure you guys have seen this, um, which is interesting. Again, we don't really get a chance to express ourselves, but it does make an impact. So if you remember the album cover for Slick Rick's Great Adventures of Slick Rick, Mm -hmm. And if you don't remember the cover, he, Rick wrote a book, basically like a children's book based on that on that song. And here's the book. Oh wow! Right. Oh, wow. So okay. it's, wow. it's, his, it's his song, children's story, but for kids, mm. right? Because mm. it has it has everything from that rhyme, you know, drawn out in a. I apologize. Yeah. Drawn out in a. Oh, let me, hold on, hold on. Please put that back on. Yeah, I just, uh, I pressed the button by mistake. So, you know, it has the cartoon wow. stuff drawn out, right? Wow. wow. But what happens is, so you have his cover. Everybody remembers from the album. He used the yes. same cover for the book. Yeah, yeah. But Marvel Comics did a Spider-Man version taking the album cover. Wow. Now. So whenever you think that nobody's watching, somebody's always oh, they're watching us all the time. Mm. Right? Because there's gonna be a generation of kids that buy this, this Spider-Man comic book that don't even know who Slick Rick is. Yep. Right. But here's his here's his inspiration, their inspiration right here. Yep. Right yep. there. Yeah. And it ain't like it's the first time for us to be associated with a Marvel comic book because Kid and Play had their own comic books through wow. Marvel. And, and today, wow. look at the shirt that I have on today. Marvel. But there you go. Marvel. That's, that's, that's God's work. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, so it is. I'm just saying, we believe that people ain't watching us and, 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 and our influence but, but oh, it's out they, there. They, they'll watch it. They'll no watch it hard. I just seen this thing where was it Panasonic is going to come out with a whole line of boom boxes. Mm. And I'm like, why are, you, why are you trying to come up with boom boxes? Like, who's supposed mm. Oh, you're trying to recapture the 80s. Mm -hmm. That's what you're trying to recap. Oh, but it's going to have Bluetooth. It's going to have that. I'm like, forget all about it. You, we have, you're we still have taking it off of this. We we have a company that did that. 
I got one right yeah. here in my den. I got one. I got one of those boxes in my den right now. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I can't do the flip like you, uh, everybody. So I'm not even messing around. But I got, I got it. I got the box. But anyway, no. Listen, yeah. listen again. Oh yeah, hen. Show them. Show them. Show, show, show the box. That's it right there. That's the new version of what you got in your house right now, Chubb. That's like the updated version. With That's Bluetooth, Bluetooth and ready and all of that, yeah. man. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I can't see it yet. I don't see him. Oh, can you show it to him one more time. Oh, can you see it? See it? Oh, see yeah, it? Yeah, oh right yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, the bump box. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah. bump box. Yeah. See, what happened yeah. is that they really wanted to mimic. Yeah. The they wanted to mimic this Jam Master J Run DMC mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. Right. Wow, and that's incredible. Maybe even the triple cassette one. <laughs> God. <laughs> or oh, the man. micro cassette one. <laughs> wow. Or yeah. the smallest boombox ever made with Panasonic making this one. Oh my oh, God. Lord. So, so. Man, hey, look, man, listen, listen. I'm saying we could do, we got to do more than just this time, man. I, I, I mean, yeah, we got to roll, man. We got to roll. We're going to have to see Chubb in the studio. You know how it's going. Chubb, man, listen, seriously, this has been amazing, 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 incredible, incredible, incredible. I really appreciate you coming on, man, and hit. Uh, we got to get together and make it happen. Gotcha. Gotcha. So wonderful. So thank you. So, yeah, man. Thanks so much, Chubb. Oh, my God. I appreciate you guys, man. Just for the podcast, man. But when you inspire people, that's great, man. When you you inspired a sixth grader, and I gotta, I mean a sixth grade, because I was in six Mr. Epstein's class, man, and you inspired so many people to say, Man, I wonder if I can do that. I wonder mm. if I can do what he's doing and what they are doing. And I, I, I just gotta say thank you for that, man. And I appreciate you guys. And love yeah. you guys. Be safe out love there. Love you too, man. Love we you love you too. Thanks for listening to the Sugar Hill Gang podcast. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating. Android users subscribe on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. The Sugar Hill Gang podcast is produced by Raj Katecha and Vikash Mojaria on behalf of Creative Content Agency and Lothar Kamala on behalf of Daily Operation Agency. The show's artwork was created by Frank Art and Horizon Films, and the theme music was created by Heavy Bliss. You can contact the show on Instagram at The Real Sugar Hill Gang or email Sugar Hill Gang Podcast at dailyoperation-agency.com. We'd love to hear from you. Peace and love, and we'll catch you on the next episode.